Sacktown Sports. Headlines. Good morning, Sacramento. My name is Kyle Ledbetter, and these are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Sacramento Kings lost 109-101 to last night against the Los Angeles Lakers in their second preseason game. Harrison Barnes scored 15 points for the Kings, and new King Chris Duarte shot 100% from the field and made two three-pointers. The Kings play again Sunday at home against the Golden State Warriors. In baseball, the Arizona Diamondbacks swept the Los Angeles Dodgers with a 4-2 victory last night. The Houston Astros won Game 4 against Minnesota, which means the Astros advanced to play in the Texas Rangers in their seventh consecutive American League Championship Series. And in football, the Denver Broncos play Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City tonight. Denver has lost 15 straight games against Kansas City. Coverage of Thursday Night Football begins at 4.30 p.m. right here on Sacktown Sports 1140 and the Sacktown Sports app. Time to remind you that the NorCal Sportsman's Show is this weekend, October 14th and 15th, at the grounds in Roseville. Those are your headlines. Let's return to more of Chris and Company here with Styles and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Live and local, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. Sacktown Sports. We are back, Sacktown Sports, Styles and Watkins, till 2 p.m. Talking all things Kings. A little later, we'll get into some Niners. And don't worry, Giants fans, we're going to roast the Dodgers even a little <laughs> bit more because it's all we have. Yeah. It's all we have right now. Wanted to hop on the YouTube chat, and thanks for everybody for the good conversation. And if you did want to call in, just like our friend TC did, 916-339-1140, from Nobody Knows Knows with a 5 Stop with the preseason. You judge on their first 10 regular season games. Mm. I mean, I do think that it doesn't matter whether they win or lose. Yeah. But it does matter what you're looking at. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to buy. Nobody knows. I'm not going to buy that De'Aaron Fox got cooked by D'Angelo Russell because it's preseason. Mm-hmm. And if I am going to buy that. I'm sorry, I'm going to go full-blown high school coach here. You practice how you play. So then when I see that during the regular season, I'm going to say, well, I'm not surprised that that happened, okay, because he did in the preseason. And that's how he's been practicing. And to me, there are certain guys and there are certain teams that can turn things on and off, right? If De'Aaron Fox was a – and this is not a bash on De'Aaron thing. He's just – it was just a glit, something good. Gl- yeah. It's just a representation yes. of the Kings. We can have defense. the same conversation about Kevin Herter if we Exa- want to. Exactly. And we probably will. We sh- probably we, should. We probably should. He's looking like a designated hitter yeah, out there. You're not, not doing anything right. on yes, the defensive end. All right. You can't have enough. Too many one way oh players, gosh. man. I don't think I've ever heard that oh, before, yeah. but oh, I yeah. love that. You Kevin cannot- Herter is a DH. Oh, my God. That's you cannot incredible. have. You cannot have one-way players yeah. on your roster in this day and age. Yeah. So Not multiple. Especially. Not multiple. Not multiple. And then it becomes the pride thing that I think De'Aaron Fox does have. And look, if you're telling me that it's – if you're telling me that it's the game seven of a playoff, you know, of a playoff matchup, and it, do you trust De'Aaron Fox to not let that happen? Yes, I yeah. do. But throughout the course of an 82-game season – you you can't afford to have off nights. Lapses, right? Not not 
with not this Western, Western conference. conference. You exactly. just can't do it. Yeah. It That's cost, where I'm at. No, it can really cost you big time. Like, especially, you know, if it's once a month or whatever, or whatever, once every couple weeks, that's four or five losses that can completely change your season. Like that takes you from a three seed to a play in team or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it can really make the big overall difference. And I understand why, what you're saying, because I do think that's a great point. And that's, that's like where my mind is at when you talk about flipping the switch, that's what I think will happen. Right. But to your point, there's not really any reason for me to like. There's no justifiable reason for me to realistically think that that's going to happen. Like but you're the, saying that offensively, defensively, that's what it looked like no, with, the, yeah. with the flip switch. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> no. What it did. Flip to? During the regular season, that's exact. Their defense looked exactly like this, and I'm banking on okay. If I were to be devil's advocate, so they flipped the switch from regular season mm-hmm. to playoffs. My hope and what I'm banking on right now by not putting too much stock into this preseason defense is okay they can flip a switch because they understand that it's all Mike Brown's been talking about all training camp and all preseason is defensive intensity defensive physicality and and essentially paying more attention to the defensive end of the floor which you know is is very important obviously for this team I'm banking on them flipping a switch once the regular season starts okay that's what that's and when that does to to nobody's for what no one knows point mm-hmm. like first 10 games of the season to me are going to tell whether or not the Kings are going to have that f- switch flipped because yeah. I would almost guarantee in game one of the season they're going to play some good defense. There's no way in game one with all the the energy and intensity that goes into that game. They're going to play defense. I would assume in game two they're going to play some defense. Right. But game seven game eight. And then of course. Way, way later down game 64. Right. Will they have that same defensive intensity? That's what's so concerning about right here, right now, is the fact that they're showing that there is a switch that can be flipped. And as easily as it can be flipped on, that thing can turn off just as easily on any given night for any given reason. And I think ideally where this team needs to get is to a point where there is no switch. There's only only that thing getting more and more intense, Mm -hmm. but – the defense needs to always be there. The defense needs to be a constant if this team wants to be a perennial playoff team or a perennial, you know, championship level team. Yeah. They need to commit on the de- it just needs to be a, a part of who they are, not something that they can do. Right. And again, we're not asking to be elite. No. We're not asking no. to be a top five no, team. No, don't we're, be the Bucks. I don't no. need you to lock yeah. everyone down and keep people under 105. Just 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 be middle of the pack. You yeah. should be able to do that. All right, 916-339-1140 is the call line. And right now we're going to go to JR who wants oh, to talk boy. some preseason. What's up, JR? This is dangerous. You're on Sacktown Sports. Do not say danger over there, Christopher Walken. <laughs> good day to you, Sir Allen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What you got for us? Well, Christopher Watkins over there. We need more cowbell. Okay. <laughs> I need that. I need I need that voice. Oh, I basically, you know, oh, first of all, did you see Davion's shirt that had turned the Jets on? I did, on uh, the plane. Oh, oh my God, that was, I love that boy. Yes. That was awesome. And then I guess the question is with the game last night with the Kings, I'm just wondering why the Dodgers suck so bad in the playoffs. 
JR, how'd you celebrate yesterday? Wait, how'd you celebrate yesterday? He's gone. Oh, he's gone. gone. He's gone. He just yeah. wanted to drop Dodgers suck drop. and then yeah. dip out. There you go. There you go. And look, we that didn't even could... drop him. Did he hang up? No, he hung up. Oh my god. He JR, just said, I don't know why the Dodgers suck and then left. That that sometimes that's all you need. I love JR. Sometimes that's all you need oh because god. it is true. It is true. You got swept by the uh, by a opponent oh. from your own division. There you go. Good stuff, oh, thank JR. you. Gave up twenty three runs in the playoffs. That's bad. Oh my god! Is that, they gave up twenty three runs. Is that what you? I'm gonna have to go fact check myself. But yeah, it was in eleven, eight, games? and four. Right. Well, I'm making dinner last night, and you know, oh uh, the, I'm watching. So the 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 baby, she's now big enough to be in the yeah. little spaceship thing, right? Yes. So she's in the oh, spaceship. Yeah. Good time. But the problem was the the spaceship's a little big, uh-huh. so I didn't feel like lugging it over to the kitchen. So I'm doing a little bit of cooking running over and, and seeing what she's doing, making right. sure she's okay. I'm back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And ev- the whole time I have the game on, mm-hmm. and every time I, I go <laughs> over to check on her, somebody's rounding the yeah. bases. I'm thinking it's a replay. <laughs> that third inning, Four man. home runs in one inning. Nuts. It was ridiculous. And I'm and I'm taking, I'm taking saying this, man. The Dodgers didn't just lose. They got clowned mm-hmm. because I know they play the right way. Freddie Freeman, he doesn't really bat flip. We talked about Mookie Betts. He doesn't really bat flip. Right. They play the game the right way. I don't care because the Diamondbacks came up there. They beat you twice at home in L.A. because nobody shows up until halfway through the game. And then they come back to Arizona, and they were bat flipping. They were posing. (laughs) You got clowned. Yeah. They got absolutely demolished. And I know I'm I'm throwing stone from a glass house here because yeah. the, <laughs> the Giants weren't in it, but you did get clowned, though. They did. They definitely did. I mean, there's there's no denying that this is just a complete embarrassment. And the only thing, the thing that I thought yesterday is, and I don't. I, this is probably going to go on a lot of deaf ears because obviously a lot of people don't follow European soccer here or you know English Premier League, but it reminds me or it made me think: Is this going to be like a Man City situation mm-hmm. where? And this, I'm more thinking in the future, more towards free agency. Right. Man City is is a team that has won the English Premier League for the past four or five years, incredibly dominant. No one's really even come close, and you know they're they're the big bad right now in English soccer. But they never win the Champions League, which mm. is essentially the the playoffs, yes. if you will, for the world. And they continue to add and add and add and add because. Yes, they completely dominate the league they're in, right. but they can't get over the hump and win that big trophy. Mm-hmm. And so now Man City is their only – they had every position. They just didn't have a striker. Last summer, they bought the youngest, most exciting, most prolific striker in, in soccer, and now they're going to try and right. win that, that thing again. And so all of this is for me to say, is this almost bad because this is justification I, uh, for them to do Chris, everything possible – you know where this is going. Like, is this almost a negative? But it's been like this. Yes, exactly. It's been like this. No, for sure. Because they keep choking and keep adding. So, yeah. Now Shohei says, oh, you need, you you couldn't, now, yeah, now there's justification. of a barn and you couldn't pitch. I can do both. Yeah. And his price tag is going to be less because of his injury. Right, exactly. They got rid of MVP caliber players this offseason to go after Shohei this offseason. Like, Trey (sighs) Turner gone, Cody Bellinger gone. Seager. Seager left a couple years ago. Oh, man. They are... 
they're gearing up. But to, uh, Chris, to answer your question, they got outscored 19-6 in the series Oof. and had the worst batting average of any playoff team Oof. and the worst starting pitching ERA of any right. playoff team this oh year. Gosh. Well, I mean, they started Lance Lynn that last night. That that, not that's not but I'm sure Kershaw. That Kershaw, I mean, Kershaw had another Death collapse. taxes and Clayton Kershaw, Any man. part of you that feels bad for Kershaw? Yes. No, it's starting, it's starting to get to that point where, like, I mean, it's still fun. I was going to say it's not funny anymore, but yeah. it's like, bro, like, you might need to, you might need some serious therapy. This yeah. one felt bad because this might have been his last start at Dodger Stadium in the playoffs. Mm. And that going out that bad. way is tough. Like, he went out sad. Well, and like, this is who he is. Like, this, it's gotten to the point where, like, again, casuals, myself, mm-hmm. it, even lesser casuals than me, know Clayton Kershaw. This is what he does. And, like, yeah. the fact that, it's just a mass. Like this is his version, almost of like Charles Barkley not getting a ring or right. whatever. Even like Dan or uh, Dan Marino not right. getting a ring. Where it's, yeah, you have this ridiculously amazing career, but it's not the thing that anybody talks about. No, and he does have a ring with yeah. the twenty twenty. Right. No, he does. But yes. yeah. I mean, but it's not gonna. That's not gonna be the first thing, or even close to the first thing that anyone mentions. It's gonna no. be Clayton Kershaw. Wasn't he one of the best pitchers of this era of this generation, if not the best? But also, you can't. You're gonna the next. The very next thing you have to say is yeah, but he had some of the most epic playoff yeah. collapses which sucks ever seen. he hadn't had one in years yeah. like uh the year they were playing i think 2017 he had this dominant performance against the nationals everyone mm. was like kershaw finally got over the hump and well and then, then he had this the one. nationals well he's been hanging around too i'm really surprised i mean and, and i don't know if this is his last year or whatever yeah. the case was but you know I, he probably should have hung him up and he was chasing something that chasing a ghost almost. And the mm-hmm. way I see it is he's almost the, we talk about the spider meme here a lot, but he's almost, this is almost the opposite of the spider meme because him and Madison Bumgarner are essentially the opposite people. Yes. Cause Madison Bumgarner <laughs> was nothing to write home about yeah. in the regular season, but he was that dude. He mm-hmm. would go super Saiyan in the playoffs. Yes. Meanwhile, you know, uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw was essentially the opposite. Complete so, opposite. Yeah. you know, I mean, look, man, you feel bad for him, but at the end of the day, he's got his ring. He does. He got to play in L.A. for a yeah. very long time. He'll be all right. All he's right. Doing fine. He'll, he's doing, he is will he still be, dating Kate Upton? Was that no, him? that's no, Verlander. Verlander? Okay. They are oh, married. The casuals coming like, out. You yeah, were doing good. Like, you were doing good. Nah. No, I'm kidding. Nah. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, the face of the NBA, who is it to you and who will it be when Steph and LeBron say goodnight. All that and more, Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Your home for Kings basketball for over 25 seasons. Sacktown Sports. We're back. Sacktown Sports. And it's time to talk face of the NBA. And where it's going. Where it is headed. Right now, Chris, I would say... LeBron is still LeBron. Oh, yeah. And Steph is still Steph. Unfortunately. Okay. And you know what? I know last (laughs) week I gave you a little bit of something, something because of the golf thing that Steph was on. I didn't love, but let's not, let's not get too crazy here. All right. I'm just saying. All right. It's not like we're saying Draymond Green or anybody like that. I know those, that's Voldemort out in these parts. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you better watch it. I, I definitely will. So once those guys are gone, okay, which, going to be within the next couple of years here. What are you thinking as far as the next face of the NBA? Who 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 yeah. 
Who do you think it will be? I think right now it's still kind of in in a determination phase where it's it could definitely be Giannis. Like it felt like things were were trending towards Giannis, and then you know last season kind of happened, and and you know that we're we're a couple years removed from them winning the finals, and so it feels like people have kind of forgotten about Giannis a little bit in terms of him being uh, a super generational talent. Um, I, my, my two candidates right now would be Luca and Giannis mm. just because I feel like the flash is there, uh, more so for Luca. Um, the numbers are there for both of those guys and Jan, more so Giannis. Um, Giannis definitely has the personality to be the face of the league. Right. Luca, not so much yet. Um, but Luca might just be, he might just be by sheer dominance. He he might be the face of the league. I just don't see, I think the best player is going to be Nikola Jokic, but I just don't think that he really cares about the market. He doesn't even want to be face. Of no, NBA. no. And yeah, it's tough, man. I think Anthony Edwards is also a quiet shout. Yes. Like, I think, I think there's potential because he's got the game. He could have the numbers. Mm-hmm. He's in Minnesota, which isn't going to do him a lot of favors in terms of team success and market. But he's got the personality to be higher than anybody. Like his potential for marketability with his personality is through the roof. Yeah, I'm. I lean towards. I don't know. I mean, honestly, John Morant was on the fast track. He was. No, he a thousand percent was. Yeah, he was on the fast track. He got off that real quick. He can get back. He can get back. Worst things have been people have people love a comeback story. People do love a comeback. He's already starting it. He's talking to kids. Mm -hmm. So he can come (laughs) back there. He's not done yet. Giannis, I think it's possible. Yeah. But I also feel like what how could Giannis get bigger? Right. Yes. Once once people get to yeah. that superstardom, it happens pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Steph, he gets the MVP. Wow, who's this baby face assassin? They win the whole thing, and Steph was a superstar. Right. Okay. Giannis is a superstar. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think he's a household. I would put I would put Kevin Durant as far as household mm. names. I would go. Yeah, I would say in so. some comp. I would say Kevin Durant is. I don't even know if he's below Steph and LeBron. I think people just think LeBron and Steph are better. Right. But I would go those three guys in terms of when I say household name, the person that doesn't watch basketball at all, when I say that name, they yeah. know who it is. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know if Giannis is there yet. He's not quite there yet. No, no. I wouldn't say so. And obviously, KD has the advantage of longevity. Like, he's right. you know, been in the league a couple of years longer. But I think... Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that Giannis has a lot to do in terms of getting his household name up. I think for the most part, a lot of every basketball fan knows who Giannis is, but I don't know if you know your grandma or no. you know your your aunt or something knows right. who who Kevin or who who Giannis Antetokounmpo is. I think that's kind of where they they still kind of need to to kind of work on Giannis's marketability. And and funny enough, I mean, if I could mention this GM survey one more time, they ask every GM in the NBA, if it's not quite a face of the league, but it's essentially if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Who do you think was, uh, we'll say top three. Wow. If you could start a franchise today, Hmm. any player. So age kind of does play a factor. Age does matter. I still think Steph Curry's in the top three. I would, I would say Steph, but it's, it's, it's a little bit hard just because of age. I would say Steph. I would say 
Tatum. Okay. And Jokic. I would probably go Giannis. So last year, Giannis won this. 55% of GMs voted for Giannis last year. Wow. This year, number one, Nikola Jokic at 33%. Mm. Victor Wembenyama wow. is number two at 23%. Giannis went from 55% to 13 this past year or this year. Uh, Luca was hmm. fourth at 10%. Anthony Edwards was seven or was fifth at 7%. Uh, also receiving votes was Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Jason Tatum. So if you ask GMs, they would say, I mean, I guess it's not, that's, player, that's not really though. face of the league. Yeah, that's that's more, player, you know, what, what you feel like they can bring to your team overall. But that definitely factors into the conversation. And I, I was not thinking Victor Wembenyama when it comes to face of the league, but that's another guy who you could throw in there if mm-hmm. he's, I mean, because he's just a spectacle. You have seven four. You right. have you know the ability to shoot. If he's leading the league in blocks as well, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of potential there for him to be very much pushed as yeah. the face of the NBA. Right, and that's the thing. It's the push. You know what's an interesting mm-hmm. side note or side conversation to this as well is. Do you think the international versus American has anything to do with this conversation? Oh, I think it, I think it has a lot to do with it. I think that's why baseball has struggled as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because I just I just think it's the honest truth. Yeah. You know, if people no Americans like Americans, that's I mean, what I, it I is. It's know, really I, that cut, dry, I'm, and simple. Yeah, I'm not gonna kind of we don't need to dive bush. into the politics. No, of all but that, that's but just yeah. it. Just it is what it, it is. It makes it a lot easier, a lot more digestible. Now, I do think that. It's not all created equal. Mm-hmm. And I think that somebody like a Victor Wembanyama, albeit is, for, I think that he is more marketable, yeah. even though he's international, he is more marketable than Jokic. Yeah. And yes. and it seems like he wants to be. I mean, the kid did a world tour. He's on <laughs> Good Morning America. Yeah. He's on all this stuff before he even gets drafted. Yeah. So that's a lot different than Jokic, who didn't even want to go to the parade. Right. He had to be forced to get to the parade. <laughs> he was and then he gets happy. to the parade and he has a great time. And then as soon as the season's over, he's out. Yep. He's back to he's back to his his home and overseas and he doesn't really want to deal with it. So I think that it's if 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 Wembanyama pops, I mean, I think San Antonio isn't a huge market, but yeah. the the market thing is an interesting yeah, I don't know if it matters anymore. I don't know if it matters. Not in the NBA. I mm-hmm. don't really think it matters. I feel like the just the league is so big and the personalities are so big and you know, they don't have the they don't have helmets on, which is, of course, the big thing for football. Right. Like, you see their face, and if they're going to be in the playoffs every year or in contention every year, I think the NBA does such a good job of marketing their guys. Even, like, Jokic has been a guy who's almost adversarial when it comes to marketing. Yeah. Even he's somebody who I think is pretty well established, again, for someone who's trying to keep media out. And Kawhi Leonard, same thing. Like, it almost becomes, oh, you don't like media? Well, that's what makes you so much more stick. interesting. That's yeah, your, it's almost its stick. own shtick. Exactly. Right? So either way, either way, they will find a way. Because let's think about Kevin Durant. He was a superstar yeah, while in Oklahoma City. So yes, sir. It's, you don't have to leave. Damian Lillard. Yeah. And then the whole conference. When are they going to leave? But they're still a superstar while they're there. So, right. yeah, I, I think it's an interesting conversation. I think Luka is another one I was surprised wasn't higher. Yeah. I think maybe his tantrums that you don't care about sure. might, <laughs> might, might be bugging some people. We got to get to a break. When we get back, we are continuing to talk star power, but under the guise of the Western Conference. Is this Man. 
the best conference in the history of the oh, NBA. Gosh. We got all that and more when we go when we come back. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Your flagship station for the Beam Team, Sacktown Sports. We are back, Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins taking you to 2 p.m. Talking face of the NBA and talking Western Conference. We've gone over the Kings and why the preseason matters to me and why it does not matter to my friend Chris Watkins. Mm. And it matters to me, Chris, because of the star power. And I, to be completely honest with you, to be completely transparent, the last time I said something like this, I was terribly wrong. Uh-oh. Because... It was last season for the NFL, and I said, hang with me, but before okay. anybody played, gotcha. I said the AFC West, could this be the best division in the history of oh, football? Oh, for sure, yeah. That's what it looked like. I think like. that was a fine conversation to have. That's what it looked they like. They just brought in Russell Wilson. Russell the Broncos, Wilson. You know, I'm thinking, Raiders had some hope. Brian in, Devontae Adams. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's so, not forget. Okay, let's, let's not, not forget. forget that that wasn't a crazy thing. Ended up being a brutal take. Brutal. Yes, yeah. So cold takes exposed for sure. And I'm gonna do it again here. Yeah. Because no, I can't tell you the the conferences from the 70s or the 80s, but I'm looking at this Western Conference mm-hmm. in 2023 to mm-hmm. 2024, mm-hmm. and we've talked about the face of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Well, the top three are all in the same conference with LeBron, <laughs> Steph, yep. and KD. Then after that, you got AD. Mm-hmm. Booker, West, Kawhi, West, Luca, West, John ja Morant, uh, also West, Paul George, West. all in the same conference, yeah. and that top prospect Nicole that we Jokic. talked about, Jokic, and the top prospect we talked about Wemby. since LeBron, yep. in the West, number two pick also Scoot Henderson, West. Scoot Henderson <laughs> West. Okay, yeah. you lose Dame, but I don't think it really matters. No. I don't think it matters. Could this be the most stacked conference in the history of the NBA? I have a hard time saying no. Because, like, when you look at this conference, realistically, like, if we were to just say, all right, Alan, what what team would just – you you would put all your money Actually, down just real saying, quick, yeah, go ahead. Just real quick, before we get going, I forgot Kyrie and Luka. <laughs> I didn't say Kyrie or Luka. It's insanity. Right. Yeah. It's crazy, it's man. Nuts. It does it's not fair. It's not fair. Because yeah, I mean what what two what teams would you say have just no shot of making the playoffs or or may even play in or being frisky in the Western Conference? Because Rockets. every year there's at least like four teams yeah. that just you know, in the Eastern Conference it's you know, like Chicago's not gonna do anything. Detroit is oh, probably plenty. not gonna the Charlotte's Pistons, not yeah. gonna do anything. Yeah. The yeah, there's tons of teams out there, even Toronto, Washington. Mm-hmm. In the West, Portland, I guess, isn't going to do anything. Houston spent a bunch of money, funny enough. Houston feels like they want to be frisky and maybe surprise people. Yeah. I don't see it. San Antonio, they're probably not going to I'm not be ready great. to live in a world where Larry Markkinen is the best player on a playoff team. Either. Yeah, for sure. You I know. mean, and they were frisky last year, but even Early. them, like, you wouldn't say they're terrible. Like, there's teams like the, where the Kings have been perennially mm-hmm. like under 25 wins, under 30 wins mm-hmm. for their season. There's not, there's, there's, if we're talking teams that I'm betting under 30, there's really, there's, there's the Portland trailblazers mm-hmm. and even they could surprise people. You know, they, they, they have a, they have five guys that they can throw out there. Uh, and Utah, I mean, Utah and in Houston, I don't think that they 
really even then I think Houston and Utah will probably win over 30 games Mm -hmm. I I just don't think that there's any there's no nights off I mean realistically even even if you are playing Houston like you still got to deal with Fred Van Vliet you got to deal with Ime Udoka who let's not forget was a very very good coach in that season in Boston Uh, and they have young players they got Jalen Green they've got Alperin Shangun like Mm -hmm. they've got real promise and hope and if you the the bigger thing is it's just you can't sleep. There's no nights where you can take the night off or, you know, without injury, you can't realistically say like, ah, they don't really they don't really have anyone that can keep up right. with us. And and I think that's what's so scary about this Kings team to bring it back to the defensive conversation. A lot of the times last year it was the Kings could hold their hats on. Yeah, a lot of these teams, they just can't keep up with us scoring wise. Right. They just don't have the firepower, mm-hmm. even if even if they were to slow us down a little bit, we can, you know, we can get one twenty on everybody. Now, I mean, with with again, even Houston's got four or five guys who are able of putting up points. To me, it's just if the Kings don't have a, a defensive mindset, mm-hmm. they're not just gonna be able to score 130, 135 points on people and say yeah, they just can't reach that total. There's so many teams that have talented players that especially like we saw last night, if you get if you let guys get going, you said it up top like they're still professional basketball players yes. and they will give you buckets right. if you let them get into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's just how it goes in this league. Yeah, and there's so many teams that normally it's on the Eastern Conference where you know, teams that we just associate with being bad. Yeah. We, we don't just do it in basketball. We do it in football too, right? right? So in a, in a pick em league, right? Oh, it's it's Bills, Jags. Bills, yeah, obviously, right. because you just associate the Jags with being bad. You forget, no, they got Trevor Lawrence. They got Doug Peterson. They yeah. got some guys. They're working on some things. And in the Eastern Conference, you have the Magic, right? That's always a name you say. But the Magic got Paolo Bancaro. Yeah. They got some guys. Too. Now, guys. The Pistons are still bad. They're still but bad. Going to the Western Conference, who are the teams where you can say, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch this game, and it's only a matter of time until the Kings take off and, and just show that they're the better team? Normally, the, the, that mm-hmm. team would be the, the Thunder. Right. I would, that, they'd be in that category. Mm-hmm. They're not in that category anymore. Furthest thing. No. The Jazz, I don't think you would ever you would put them in that category, yeah. and I don't think you still can. There, It is going to be a battle mm-hmm. every single night. Yeah. And if you aren't – now, the, the good thing is the Kings defensively, I don't think they're going to be the worst defensive team in the world, and I they are not. going to be elite offensively. But I said the DH joke earlier, yeah. right? The Kings as a whole could be a DH, yes. okay, because – you're putting so much pressure on your offense every single night. Mm-hmm. I've seen Shea Gilgis Alexander. He is go. He is coming back at you every single play. Mm-hmm. Every single play. Yep. So you have guys like that. I do think that the Spurs event. Yeah, the Kings are better than the Spurs. You're not gonna have to worry about them. Right. But don't sleep on them either. Okay. Right. Oh, the Spurs beat the Kings last year late in the season. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So Julian th- Champagne. Th- there are. There are so many teams that you cannot sleep on, and that is why the defense is so important, yeah. and that is why just showing the effort and you know Mike Brown, it's gonna it's gonna be tough, man. I you know and and earlier we talked about what at what point will you start to pay attention? As much as some people might not like the eighty two games and think it's a long season, try watching baseball for one hundred and sixty two. <laughs> by the way, but as much as the eighty two game season seems long Mm. it goes quick Mm -hmm. because don't get off to a slow start those first 10 games what do you say okay well it's only 10 then 10 more okay well it's only 20 well now you're you're starting to creep you're you're creeping through the season so 
they they gotta they gotta make sure that they get off to a hot start. Agreed. That they are definitely put in a position to where if something because we still got injuries to deal with, yep. they have to take advantage of the fact that they're young. Yep. Because as we mentioned, the Lakers are a bit older, the Warriors are a bit older, the Clippers are a bit older. Even the Suns, to a lesser degree, a bit older. You got to get out early because we know that those teams are going to pull it back and dial it back because Mm -hmm. they have to, whether it's injury, whether it's just being dinged up from just attrition throughout the years. So those, you have to, it's much more important for the Kings. It's important for everybody to start out hot, but it's important for the Kings because Teams like the Suns, who might take a while to round up into form. Teams like the Nuggets, who a little bit of a hangover from the championship. The Warriors trying to figure some things out. The Clippers are the Clippers. The Lakers got some new pieces. You are one of the teams that you haven't really changed too much, which is good. You got to take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I feel like in general, it's just a lot easier to be a front runner as well, especially when you're a team that isn't really experienced when it comes to the the how you know how postseason races happen you know Mm -hmm. like the Kings last year that was the first time they've been involved in in what you could consider a postseason race and even then they weren't really in they they were in that three seed but they weren't really in danger of falling down and weren't really close enough to Memphis or 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 Denver to really move up and so they were kind of just in a nice little comfort zone of that three spot but to your point like if they're going to be in a in a playoff race towards the end of the season it would do them a lot of favors to to kind of have a good head start so that they have the ability to fall back because I yeah. definitely think that teams like Golden State, teams like Phoenix, teams like Memphis, who's going to have to wait 25 games yeah. to get job back, those guys are going to take some time to get going, but something tells me that once it clicks for those teams, they're just going to soar. Yeah. And the Kings really, really need to take advantage of, yeah, their youth, but also their continuity, the mm-hmm. fact that they did, for the most part, quote-unquote, run it back, you yeah. know, and, and are adding only Duarte, McGee, and Vizankov into the rotation, it seems like. They need to take advantage of the fact that teams like Golden State are going to take some time, and, mm-hmm. and Phoenix is going to take some time, and they play the Warriors three times in the first 20 games or something of this season. Right. Try and win as many of those as you can, because not only is the Western Conference in total really, really difficult, but your division is almost right. impossible. And so you need to to have as many wins in your under your belt against those opponents as you can, especially if they can happen early in the season, because yeah, I mean, you, you just don't know what those teams are going to look like, what kind of pushes they might make uh, at the deadline or anything like that. I mean, we saw the Lakers completely change identity mm-hmm. last season at the deadline. So I, I definitely think it's huge for the Kings to get off to a good start. And that's definitely, if you want to, again, if you want to be concerned about the preseason, to me, that's, that is something that's very legitimate, just how sluggish and how slow they've came out the gates here. Ideally with, again, the amount of continuity that they have from last year, you would have thought that you'd see these guys just kind of pick it up like like they never missed a day. Yeah, and look, we're going to know here in a, in a couple weeks what the Kings are really all about if yeah. they're about that action. Shout out Marshawn yes, because <laughs> it is not a game in the Western Conference no. this year. And no. it's, it feels funny to even talk about how we called the Western Conference loaded mm-hmm. just a couple years ago right. compared to now. Yeah. Now it's a complete joke. Yeah. So One, and to the previous conversation of face of the league, it just doesn't feel like there's this league has been this talented before. Right. Like how That's many a great teams point. in general 
like every team, seriously, every team can point to somebody and say, oh, we have a guy. Yes. Like we've got a legitimate guy. Like even Charlotte Hornets are like, LaMelo Ball is somebody who's who's an all-star, all-NBA mm-hmm. caliber guy. And traditionally, I mean, you can look at just the Kings rosters. There's That has not been the case for most of the NBA's history. Right, right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. You know, you practice how you play, but I get it. It's preseason. I understand why people – there's no time to panic, but – it's just something to keep an eye on. Just yes. something to keep an eye on. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, ESPN put out a top 10 list. Uh, how many? How many? They did 100, 100 but we just top learned 100. the top 10. Yeah, today. we just learned the top 10, so we'll get over that. And then we're going to get to make fun of the Dodgers. I promise uh-huh. you we're going to get to it. All that and more. Sacktown Sports, Thousand Watkins. We'll be right back. Live and local, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Sacktown Sports. We are back, Sacktown Sports. So, Chris, it's Chris Watkins, Allen Styles. Chris, why don't you give us the top 10? Okay. This are is you- ESPN's top 10 of the NBA. They have 100, but we're just going to go over the top 10. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, for those who have missed it, we've been talking about it the past couple days. De'Aaron Fox was 23. Three, uh, Demonis Sabotis was twenty-two, uh, and I believe Harrison Barnes was ninety-eight on this list. So those are the only Kings that uh, that were mentioned. Unfortunately, no Kings in the uh, top ten here. But let's start off with number ten, who is uh, in the same division as the Sacramento Kings. Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers makes the list at number ten. Last season, he was ranked. 20th rose 10 spots hmm. uh, at number nine. They have Anthony Davis's teammate one LeBron James, who was number six in last year's list. Uh, he has now entered his 21st NBA season uh, as crazy as that is. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, number eight. That is a massive, massive jump. He rose 40 spots wow. from last year's list. He was at 48 last year, all the way up to eight. Of course, Shea uh, averaged over 30 last year, made first-team All-NBA, so definitely justified, but just really, really surprising to see, or just unusual, I guess, to my eyes, to see him in a top 10 of yeah. NBA players right now. Uh, number seven is a guy that we were just talking about as the face of the league, Kevin Durant who was number eight last year, so is actually technically going up still in his career, even at uh, even at his advanced age. Was he 34, 35 now? Number six is Jason Tatum, who was number seven last year. So Tatum's still on the rise, of course. Uh, they they signed uh, his, his uh, fellow forward mate, uh, Jalen Brown, this offseason. Steph Curry stays at number five. He was number five in last year's ranking and uh, stays put there. Luka Doncic uh, moves down technically to number four. He was number three last year. Good. (laughs) Number three (laughs) on this year's list was number four on last year's list. Joel Embiid, fresh off of an MVP season, uh, moving up only one spot to number four. Very interesting. This one's a bit of a surprise for me. Number two, as he was number two last year. Nikola Jokic doesn't move up after winning NBA Finals, uh, NBA Finals MVP, had a great run the entire time, really felt like he was changing narratives that entire postseason, stays at number two. Uh, and at the number one spot for this, uh, what I assume is the second consecutive year, Giannis Antetokounmpo, hmm. who uh, you know, was a one. We can't forget, Milwaukee Bucks were a one seed last year. 
They yeah. did lose to an eight seed. Right. Uh, after Giannis did get hurt, people do also forget that caveat that uh, Giannis did get hurt early in that playoff series, like very seriously hurt his back. Um, but, yeah, Giannis stays at that number one spot. So, yeah, AD at number 10, LeBron at nine. Uh, at number eight is Shea. Number seven is Kevin Durant. Number six is Jason Tatum. Number five, Steph Curry. Number four, Luka Doncic. Number three, Joel Embiid. Number two, Nikola Jokic. And number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Any hmm. quarrels? Any problems? You know, and I watched a good bit of Shea. Yeah. And I do think he's a baller. Yes. I'm. I'm – Struggling a little bit with eight. Top ten feels a little aggressive. A little bit. A little aggressive. A little bit. And I love Shea. I am right there with you. I love Shea. I think what he did last year was incredible. Mm -hmm. It was underrated. Uh, It didn't feel like many people were talking about it. OKC was great last year, but top ten player above LeBron and AD. It just it feels a little bit high right now. Mm -hmm. And and like I I just don't know. I think Shea is a better. In terms of potential, I think I would have him having more potential than De'Aaron Fox right now. I mean, just as a scorer, like I, I don't know if De'Aaron will ever be able to to get all the way up to 30 points per game, and Shea was at 31 last year. So I got to give him the nod there. But as a as a complete – and maybe it is the, the two-way element of Shea. Like mm-hmm. he's got crazy long arms. He's able to defend on, on the perimeter at a high level. And that's not something, as we talked about in the entire first segment, that's just not in De'Aaron's bag. But yeah, it just feels like that should that that spot's just a little bit too high for him. That's a little high for me. I really don't know what to do with Jason Tatum. Yep. To me, I I, I yep. really don't know. I think where six Jason or seven Tatum. is fair. Okay, Jason Tatum as a young talent, you know, he's still a young forward. Chris, do you league. have the full list there? Uh, I can get it very quickly. Okay, because I was going to say, if Devin Booker isn't 11, that is I would be a, upset. See, so that would actually, to your point, Kyle, that would be a, I would be a lot happier with Devin Booker in the top 10 than Shea. How do you feel about Shea, uh, Shea in the top 10, Kyle? Because I know you you're, uh, you like Shea. I'm a, I'm a big nerd stats guy, and the nerd stats love Shea Gilgis-Alexander, right. but... I'm not putting him over Devin Booker. I Seems mean, a little crazy. I, I was going through the list. I'm like, okay, here's where Booker's going to be. Here's where Booker's going to be. Because, yeah. I mean. You're putting might, Booker over Dame? I'm definitely putting Booker over Dame. Alan, I'm someone who's on the edge of putting da- uh, Booker over KD. Like, Whoa. as the I number almost, one on I'm that right team. there with you. I'm almost there. I'm not Whoa. quite there, but I am almost there. He's the number one on that team. Yeah. I think he's. Um, he we sure about that? Almost. TBD. <laughs> yeah, we're like right there. Right we're there. like workshopping it. Yeah, we're like, right. it's right there. Let's see here. I got the 100 through 50, but I can't get But the yeah, no, the Booker not being there was shocking. But mm-hmm. I have no problem with SGA being that high. He was first team all NBA last year right. over Luca. Luca's too high for me. I mean, I think that goes without saying that I would say something like that. Luca's too high for me. He can be in the top <laughs> 10 before. Four? As an individual talent, I I just I can't I cannot speak highly enough of Luka Doncic. I just can't as an individual talent. Like, sure, if we're talking basketball player and teammate, and would you like to watch him on your team for eighty two games? It's a different conversation. But as an individual talent, as a basketball player, I would say he is unquestionably a top five talent in the NBA right now. 
I understand why Joel Embiid is number three. I don't love it. He's not my cup of tea. I think he's been injured. He hasn't really won. He hasn't won. Yeah, definitely. That's been the big thing. That's pretty high for me. Yeah, Jokic and Giannis, I, I got no It's qualms, interchangeable. So. Yeah, I mean, Jokic and Giannis, I could cause a stink if I wanted to about Jokic should be number one, but it's really, you're splitting hairs at that point. It is kind of a little bit more like choose your style with that one. But. Yeah. I, I do feel a little better because they do have Devin Booker at 11. Okay, I couldn't find and then, it. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Jimmy 12, Ant Edwards 13. Jimmy 12? Jimmy 12 is way too high. Jimmy 12? That's, that's like peak Jimmy. Like that is that's Jimmy when we see him in the playoffs. Jimmy, not Jimmy for eighty-two games in the regular season. And I more for rankings. I would much rather lean more towards eighty-two game player yeah, as that's, opposed that's to that's just trying to be respectful. Stretch. They also just like. basically took Kawhi off the list altogether. Okay, that's another thing. Kawhi was twenty-four, mm-hmm. and it goes Kawhi, De'Aaron, mm-hmm. Sabonis. Wait, I'm which sorry. order are we going? It, like, it goes Kawhi is 20, so Kawhi's 24, uh, Fox is 23, Sabonis is 22. So they have Fox and Sabonis as better players than Kawhi Leonard right now. I very much disagree. When Kawhi Leonard played last year, that man was out of control. And You're, now that yeah. is a big if or when he plays. But You're, man, oh man, he's ridiculous, even still. You're talking to a guy who's not a big Kawhi guy. That's very fair. That's because I think that Kawhi had a moment in time and, mm-hmm. you you know, we, look, injuries are injuries. Yes. I can't say whether you can right. play or not, but you can't make the club in the tub, okay? <laughs> and he, he he had some good games, yeah. you know, he had some good seasons, yeah. some outstanding seasons. Yes. I don't know where to put him, to be yeah. completely honest with yeah. you. I'm not even saying that he should be lower. He's yeah. in a good, I don't know. Yeah. Because he doesn't That's play a lot. Yeah. Right. Right? He, yes. doesn't, he doesn't play a lot. You could say, look at Paul George and – some of the seasons where Kawhi didn't play and Paul George carried the Clippers. So yeah. I don't know what to do with Kawhi right now, mm-hmm. but it's fair to me. De'Aaron, if, if, if we're going back to starting a, a franchise, yeah. I'm taking De'Aaron over. Kawhi. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm taking him over 100%. Kawhi. I think that Sabonis might be a little bit more questionable over. It is. It is. Over it's very Kawhi questionable. Yeah. Because if you think about, if it if it's about if they're including availability uh-huh. might be different. Yeah. But in terms of when on the court, yeah. Even still, yeah. Kawhi you, you, you're going to go Kawhi yeah. over Sabonis. What do you think about Halliburton's 21? Do you think A that's a troll job? Not a troll job, not an intentional troll, mm-hmm. but like it, it, A is that a coincidence? Do you think that it's a coincidence that it goes Fox Sabonis and then Halliburton? Are they trying to elicit a reaction? And then B where do you fall? And I know we're, we got to hit a break here, so maybe we can tease this. But mm-hmm. like, where where do you fall on on that? Where does Halliburton stand when it comes to uh, comparing to uh, Sabonis, who he was directly traded for, and De'Aaron Fox, who you know I, I won't go into the nitty gritties, but on the surface, they they picked De'Aaron over over Halliburton. You will get that answer. Yep. After the break. After the break. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.